Subject matter is ratchet and righteous. Ratchet and righteousness. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's dig in. Yeah, you can go ahead with your uh, with your leading points. I believe you have a few. Oh, I may have some. Just, I may have some rebuttals. You know, you know, when you when you mentioned this when we, in our discussion. It just made me think on another page. Of course, we're going to add Bible. We're going to look at this in an in exegetical um, process of the scriptures, uh, of course. But it just made me think about the millennial and now the I generation um, and how their perspective on church and so it just made me think of the ratchetness of people in church. Mm. <laughs> so that, that that gives me a cultural concept versus, because um, now, you know, ratchet has took on the colloquial word ghetto. So, right. you know, so you would say ghetto church, but now you say ratchet church. But Ratchet has a little more griminess to it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um, yeah, it has a little more grit to it. And anything associated to Ratchetness um, has never been good, even though certain people say that's part of their DNA. They, 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 they decide to be Ratchet. They do things Ratchetly, and it's okay. You know, they get a pass. You know, in the streets, it's a path to be ratchet. So, right. to do certain things. So, so 
So you take the same persona to the body of Christ, and now you got ratchet and righteousness. <laughs> right. Um, it's interesting you 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 attributed ratchet to the root word ghetto. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that corporate enough for those that <laughs> don't understand. But um, ghetto is a term. You know, I'd like to bring up the definitions of words, the concrete definitions, so that way we disperse and um, any type of self-attributed uh, definitions that we might have of a word. So ghetto is a part of a city, especially a slum area occupied by a minority group or groups and is put in or restricted to an isolated or segregated area or group. Mm. Keyword here is segregated. So... Um, it, I think it's common knowledge that black people or African-Americans, people of color, I should say, uh, who were put into segregated areas and groups, a.k.a. ghettos, made ghetto cool. Uh, we shifted the cultural narrative of what ghetto is. And, and even those that weren't people of, quote unquote, color made ghetto cool as far as the Italians and um, the Asian community, which were also considered ghettos in the early uh, time period of this country, the foundation of this country. So fast forwarding a couple centuries from the 1800s to 2000s, 2017 and onward, ratchet becomes a word. And the definition of ratchet is a very rude person, an annoying person normally tries to act ghetto by typing in words or phrases such as AF, janky, finna, cuz, etc. But most people think ratchet boys or people or girls um, are trashy. Um, and this is, I'm reading this straight off for UrbanDictionary.com. So it says, ratchet, a ratchet person is the most non-classy human being in presence. Uh they usually have the worst grammar problems and they always try to pick fights with everybody. Uh, second definition mm. of ratchet is an obnoxious and rude person who is self-contained and believes they are God's gift to the world, but is often just ghetto fabulous and low class. Really? Really? Um, so that is the defining word of um, ratchet. Now, it's quite possible to be self-defined as ratchet and have class um, because ratchet has many different polarities where just like ghetto does ghetto right. could be, you know, Oh, that's ghetto, you know, but it's not, it's more cultural attribution as opposed to the way one carries oneself because a certain style or a certain vernacular could be considered quote unquote ghetto language. Um, even saying um or uh, certain vernaculars could be, you know, attributed to ghetto. But the thing that I believe Don't Blink is trying to point out with being ratchet and righteous is that the negative, <laughs> the negative connotations or I should say the attributes that influence one to behave ratchet is one that a believer should not strive towards. Right. Uh, and should st stray away from because those 
types of attributes are of the flesh. And right. so, you know, I read the definition of ghetto. I read the definition of ratchet. In the definition of uh, ratchet, you have definitions where they are um, point blank saying, you know, people are picking fights. And so, you know, to be contentious to the point of um, fighting and, and you know, shooting or whatever that, that leads to um, is not something that a believer should, you know, strive to. Now, it's one thing to, and this is my personal belief, it's one thing to defend oneself. It's another thing to be a protagonist and, you know, are basically not a protagonist for a simpler term, uh, one that starts something. Uh, I'm not one to start. I'm one to finish it. That's that's just, you know, how I, I function. But most of the time I try to de-escalate the situation. <laughs> At any rate, um, I want to break some scriptural context into this conversation as far as being ratchet and righteous. Um, that is Romans 8.13. All right. Uh, which says, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the uh -huh. spirit do mortify the flesh, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Now, mortify means to kill, to die off, to separate, to starve. Um, and so mortifying the deeds of the body could be things such as fornication, which was highlighted in our topic of abortion on our last episode um it could be drunkenness uh it could be cussing it could be being contentious or fighting people um all these things can be attributed to the lifestyle of being ratchet now the issue i have with being ratchet and righteous is that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways you can't be ratchet right. and righteous um right Coincidentally, Charlemagne, who believes he is a god, or a.k.a. Leonard, um, he had said, you know, you need a little bit of ratchet and righteousness. When he was talking and inter interviewing um, a brother of the faith, Kirk Franklin, on The Breakfast Club. Right. And that is not true at all. Um, you need. I, I believe that you need to remember that you are human and that only through God and his Holy spirit and his word, you are able to perfect the faith, but we all have things that we, we struggle with and have difficulty overcoming, but that does not mean because we are flesh that we have a past to sin. Um, Romans six, one through four even says, um, shall we send that grace may abound that's the same that's the same uh vernacular the same description is like just because the god gave us grace christ gave us grace by dying for our sins and raising from the dead and defeating death does not mean that you have a license to sin all things are lawful but in all things are expedient so just like abortion um and just like being ratchet and being the living example of ratchetness i'm not saying just you know being yeah. AKA ghetto or cultural because right. you can still be right. you can still be a cultural Christian as long as being a Christian is or I should say you can still be a Christian that is cultural as long as being a Christian comes first. 
because you, you can. Know, you know what? You know what? I had to interrupt you, but I just, I'm just really, you know, distraught because you know, you grew up in, of course, I grew up, you grew up in black church, so it's almost as if, if you don't have a strong testimony, it's almost as if you don't qualify as being a real Christian. So, <laughs> so if I didn't have a strong pre- uh, testimony of going through something, uh, uh, when I was at home, some bullets flew past my head, and you know, I thank God I could almost died, and or you know, my mom was old crack, and and God still bought us out, or or my dad was a dope dealer, he locked up now, but but God saved his soul in prison. You know, it's almost like certain things had to happen. In order for you know the most the more gritty the testimony, it's like the more respect you got because you've been out there, you've been through the muck and the mire, uh, these situations, and so. But what I'm what I'm understanding now as we look at this, it's almost like it's a behavior of certain circumstances in our life, it's or, or certain, certain demographics or certain um, you know what have you, uh, perspectives, uh, maybe bad parenting. Uh, maybe abusive parenting, it kind of causes us to be ratchet and ghetto in our behavior or seeds of iniquity has been planted in our lives where we carry out this and we equate this to this being part of our family DNA. Mm-hmm. And so, but I just, when I'm growing up in church, you know, getting saved at 13, it almost seemed like, you know, the, the most prolific storytellers of the testimony service when it was popular, um, you know, those got the church in an uproar, in a praise or in a worship. Um, if they praise, sometimes the testimony ends up, ends up with a weeping and a and a worshiping and thanking God. And so that shifted us into a place uh, where we need to be with God, one testimony, because they, of course, go by the scripture. We come, we come by, you know, our testimony. So mm-hmm. that's what, that's where I learned this, but I'm realizing that I didn't really have, at that time I felt I didn't really have a testimony. Um, so it was just something I understand. So, you know, we, which is really like very, 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 very sad because we can also learn by example. We don't necessarily have to go through the school of hard knocks um, to learn God. We can also learn by example, by what we read, like, you know, basically we read the Old Testament, we read the New Testament, we can learn by example. We don't necessarily have to go through these in order to understand that we can accept the promises of God, too, even though we haven't experienced those particular things that someone else has experienced. Mm-hmm. So, Go ahead. So that's what I come across as very immature. I understand, but they will make you feel like, and I even heard leaders even say this different things. I don't want nobody around me that, that's not real. Or you, you, so you'll get this whole situation where, mm. you know, as if transparency, and as you can go, that's a whole other direction, but it, as if, if you're not transparent with certain situations, like, you're not even real, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, they're telling us, you know, pick and choose who you confess your faults with because the church will judge you. So it's it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knowing Knowing how to pick when to be transparent and when not to be transparent um who to trust uh the bible tells us to trust test the spirits to test the spirits of those um test the prophets and study to show thyself approved um that is why we try to come up 
uh, come forward, not come up, but come forward with biblical application to the things that we discuss and not just our own uh, pious opinion. Um, we try not to be pious and, and prideful on this show. Uh, right. So another scripture um, is just littered throughout Romans, but uh, Romans 6 is what I referenced before. Romans 6, uh, verse 6 um, through 8, uh, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So what I'm saying is, and what we're saying is, your testimony, you don't have to create a testimony in order to be a Christian. If your testimony is that the Lord saved you from eternal damnation, then that's your testimony. And he is perfecting your faith as you live and breathe on this earth. When I started out, I didn't think I had a testimony. I was just like Emmanuel Lambert, AKA the truth who said, um, in a song, uh, when he got saved, he thought he was less than holy. Uh, most of his homies were, you know, um, confessing all these different things. And he felt like he had a complex because he didn't have a traumatic uh, happenstance. He never been shot. No, no big crimes, never smoked weed, never drank. He never did time. He grew up with both parents, both cheering him on, teaching him things like no swearing. So, you know, similar background, but at the same time, you know, we get this idea that we have to create a narrative and you don't have to create a narrative. So that's possibly where some people are coming with this ratchet and righteousness. And then even this be real, foundation that is being laid that has been laid within the Christian walk. You don't have to do things contrary to um, the Bible to be real. Um, Right. God's word doesn't change. You have to understand the times and know what to do. And I think patting ourselves on the back a little bit here, but I believe we are, we are understanding that, that, you know, we're not changing in our position, but we understand the times and know how to present it and present truth. And that comes a little bit with maturity, but like a lot of people say, Oh, I don't want nobody real around me. I've heard that too from prolific pastors. Uh, It doesn't take anything away from them, but that vernacular, that, that, that phrase is riddled with, I would say false doctrine because you don't have being real doesn't mean you have to destroy your um, destroy the faith, destroy the the word of God. You know, people say, oh, if I don't cuss, then I'm not real, but I'm still a Christian. Right. Um, Right. It's it's a credibility concept. I hate to cut you off, but I just also, you know, passionate about the subject matter. Um, it's just like ruining your credibility, your reputation as a saint uh, amongst uh, different Christians. Um, and to me, this is this comes from the hip-hop culture because their whole point back in time was about being real, being authentic um, about yours and, and telling your story uh, over, over rhyme and reason and what have you. So uh, you express this way you express it because you're real about what you say. In other words... I'm living what I'm talking about. I live this. I've been around this experience. And so, you know, this is what I think they brought this whole concept into the church world. Mm-hmm. 
Well, everybody. And this is why we're talking about this. Everybody wants to be peculiar, a peculiar people, but nobody wants the pressure with being peculiar. Right. The issue. The issue is a lot of people from inside Christianity and outside Christianity want to be special, want to be peculiar, and a lot of Christians nowadays are seeking validation from people that you don't need to seek validation from. I said that on trials, on the record trials of the mixtape, Mind of a Misfit. Like, you know, we're seeking validation from people that the only validation we should be seeking from is from Christ and from God. So once you understand that you have that validation, how you carry us, you have to realize, and I had to realize this too, you can't force somebody to receive truth. All you have to do, right. your, our responsibility is to give truth and pray that they receive it. If they don't receive it, that's not on you. You've done your job. And so right. in an effort, in an, in, you know, in an effort to seem quote unquote real, quote unquote uh, relative, we've allowed things of the flesh to take priority over what God's word says such as being ratchet, such as, oh, well, I can drink and get drunk. You know, drunkenness is a sin, not drinking is a sin. Um, however, drinking is um, of the spirit of God, which is in, uh, I believe, Corinthians, um, or the fruit of the spirit, rather, temperance. But at any rate, um, it's, it's, it's lawful uh, to drink, but it's not, it's not the will of God to be drunk. Um, and like I said, because God gave us free will, we have these decisions at our disposal. It's up to us to make the right decision. So it's important to strive for his righteousness. Um, that's why you seek his kingdom and his righteousness. His kingdom is the ways of God. His righteousness is, is following his will, following his statutes, his commandments. And that brings on holiness. Yeah. But that can only, right. you know, and it, it, back to my point about being peculiar, and, and, and being a peculiar person, you know, this is just a sign of the times further revelation of revelations, because I can't count how many times I've walked up to somebody and they look at me and they're like, you're a Christian? Like, well, not they look at me and they say, you know, I you don't cuss. You don't do this. Steve, Steve, you don't Steve, you don't. I'm like, no, I don't. Um, right. You don't look at other women like, no, I don't because I know myself. Right. I know my flesh. I try to mortify my flesh. So we're seeing a time and age where the church is becoming more like the world in order to try to be relevant and to preach the gospel when the gospel should be the center point and the centrifuge of every action of every mission statement um, of every move of ministry and not culturally influenced. I mean, you can be culturally influenced, but you just have to not forget why you're doing it. But being ratchet and righteous is not being ratchet and righteous, I believe is from the pit of pit of hell. That's right. a lie from the right. enemy because you can't you, that's like being I I'm a I'm a I'm a sinner saint. Right. It's the same thing. Right. We understand what holiness is. We was raised in the Pentecostal background, we see a lot of prolific leaders that were also raised as Pentecostals that they left. Uh, so they will say they have left their faith, they have left holiness uh, to seek uh, 
you know, great riches, whatever you fame, whatever, you know. Um, but my point is the fact that, you know, it's a it's it's a, it's a cutting away where we're deciding, okay, long dress is not gonna send you to hell, or wearing shorts is not gonna send you to hell, or you know, back in the day they said they weren't allowed to wear red ties. Um, so <laughs> all of these things, you know, that's traditional been you know, connects to holiness, we're eliminating them. But it, it seems like more and more of morality is being challenged, you know, equated to holiness. Mm. And so with that, we're allowing the ratchetness or the ghetto or those things to come in to give us a, a whole different, you know, persona of what church or Christianity or the kingdom is. And so we find this, and, and uh, of course, all of these things are expressed through the music um, we call uh rap. Uh, some may say hip hop, but I I stand on it. I stand on this point where I don't think you need to uh, be so relevant that you you lose the standards. You lose you know what the salt, and I, and I think the church is losing this salt. Yeah, the 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 church is losing its definition. Um, yes. it's it's peculiarity where, you know, um, right. We humans are clickish. Humans like to be clickish. Just that's just how we are. And so, um, churches can be clickish, which is a whole nother topic. Um, you know, we might address that on a later episode, but the issue is that we are, slaughtering our identity in order to be identified with the world. The right. very thing that makes us odd, we have a problem with. Well, I don't want to be, I'm not one of those Christians. I'm not, right. you know, I'm not that type of Christian. You know, I, I read my word or they might have said, I go to church, you know, two times a year, but I'm a Christian. I believe in God, you know, I believe right. in his word. Um, those that are, um, uh, that are recurring members of a church and do great things with the church and outside of the church, uh, the Lord will say, depart from me, I never knew you. As well as those that say, like I said before, I'm a Christian, but I only go to church two times, um, a year. You know, the Lord will say that to many people. The issue is that if man can't tell the difference between you and someone who is not a, who who is professing to not be a Christian, then what do you think the Lord knows about you? Exactly. So do you do you, is it is it really possible? Is it really possible to be ratchet and righteous? I don't believe so. And our own righteousness are, is as filthy rags. So to be self righteous is just a matter of pride. But to be righteous in the Lord's eyes um, can be viewed and seen based upon what we see in the scriptures. Right. That's good. And that's good. And I just I just think that when people come in, you know, off of what they're on addictions, when, it, you know, sometimes I think I believe music can be an addiction as well. So when they come off of uh, certain addictions like music and, you know, the ratchetness and that comes along with 
uh, uh, hip-hop, rap music, or any other kind of R&B, the sexual abuse that comes along with it, which, you know, eventually draws uh, something evil, demonic, uh, that's connected to you. You know, you don't want to see that same thing in the church. You don't, you don't want to see uh, the church being sexy. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to see those the same things being connected to the church. And I think that, you know, we've taken on, we've taken on the world um, and, the, uh, you know, these, you know, respects to seem relevant or the church has to have swag and it's like swagger. And so, you know, we take it on this worldly styles to, 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 you know, identify with the world. And so, like I said, the world won't know the difference. I'm going to have to politely disagree with you to a point. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So here's the thing. I am against moral or I should say immoral ratchetness and the endorsement of such trying to be ratchet and righteous because I believe that is having one foot in the world and one foot in God. However, right. certain things, because I know the women, you know, women are um, fighting you about this being sexy in the church comment. You just made. <laughs> right, so, right. Let me, let me say this. I believe it is possible to be tasteful, tastefully dressed in the church. Um, oh, no. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking about taste. I'm not talking about sex appeal individually. But I don't think the church needs to have a sex appeal. Well, see, here's the, the sex appeal is subjective. Just like okay. whoever is the GOAT is subjective. The greatest of all time is subjective. Everybody has a different one. So um, now there, there's an obvious uh, sex appeal that is, you know, being cantily dressed, scantily dressed and um, fitting form, fitting type clothing, tight clothing, stuff like that. Um, right. Suggestive clothing, even if it's printed matter. However, right. if a woman and I, I don't, this is the only way I can really say it, but if a woman is just a, of a particular figure and her clothes fit her a certain way, but it's not her fault, that I believe is on the case of the male being hypersexual. Right. Which is an issue of the man's heart, not necessarily an issue of the women, because too many times churches, um, they punish or uh, persecute rather women for just being women. You know what I'm saying? But I totally agree with it because there's churches out here that say they're Christian, but they're witches. And there's other churches that are out here that say they're Christian, but they um, preach from a stripper pole. Uh, right. You know, so I, I definitely agree with you there, but I just kind of wanted to clarify that point that you made. Because I believe it's possible to be um, relative to the culture as far as dress, but you still have to exercise modesty and humility. Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about anything as far as culturally how to dress and the modest and, and what's modest and what's not. I think um, that's standard, that's standardized default teaching of what to wear, what not to wear as far as if you're going to be before people, that's a pastor leadership role to explain to the particular 
uh, no patron or you know parishioner. Yeah. Um, but I'm just talking about the overall those who are voices uh, for the kingdom of God that's out there. You know, in the world is looking at them, and they're they're saying certain things that that the church needs this and the church needs that. That's wrong, Matt. And it's like, well, you know, you you you've taken this out of context because. You know, now we got, you know, this and that we have to deal with. You know, we don't always necessarily agree with what you're saying as a church. And so that's what I mean by that. Now, you know, as far as personal style, personal church culture in that particular house, that's that's up to the house. You know, and we let God deal with that. But I'm just saying that, you know, um, I, I want singles to meet other singles in the church. That's not what I'm saying. You know, we know there's a physical attraction for a man to see a woman's very attractive, how she wear her clothes, if she's wearing it in a modest, you know, you know, and, you know, you pick and choose times when to wear what you want to wear because, you know, what you wear, you attract what you want when you wear what you wear. So that's, <laughs> right, right, right. that's just that's just what that is. But, you know, when you bring that whole persona to the church, then it's, a, it's an issue. It's a it's a it's a it's a problem. You know what I'm saying? Um, but like I said, these are different voices that are saying different things and it's controversial to what we said what holiness is. And I'm not, you know, it's not in address holiness is in a lifestyle, but once you you know, once you distraught or you know, you defer from what the church what the what the body of Christ, what the body of Christ looks like, that's when it's an issue. Yeah, you know, and, and there's um John 17, 16, which also says, um, King James Version, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So all that I'm saying, and I, I, I think Don't Blink would agree with me, is that we need to strive for righteousness while killing off our ratchetness. That's good. That's good. That's real good. You know, so don't we we need to avoid trying to be perpetually ratchet and still be righteous because that creates a culture and environment for halfway saints. Yes, yes. You know, Christianity and the, the Christian faith, you know, um is like a halfway house. You go in, but the goal is to become a contributing member of society of like a halfway house. And so the goal right. of Christianity is to make you a better Christian, not to be, oh, well, I'm a Christian, but I still do drugs. Or I'm a Christian, but I still fight every Friday night when I drink too much Hennessy. You know, if you, right. if, if Hennessy makes you feel a certain way, don't drink Hennessy. Try to get off of it. Um, right. This is a contrary, uh, contradictory. Um, I wouldn't say contradictory, but um, what's the word? Uh, it is a argumentative statement. But if a certain product makes you feel a certain way, switch to a different product or not any type of product at all. Preferably yeah. no product at all, because that's a form of addiction. But if you know, everyone knows their vices. If I say, what are your vices? The the conscience of your mind right now is going over them in a list. Like, oh, I have this, 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 this. I get angry. I get mad at traffic. I get this. But write it down and write down your top five. Then focus on the, focus on the first one for the first week. 
and just keep going as down that list. And when you've conquered that list or semi-conquered that list, do what I do, burn it up or throw it away. Sometimes when I'm overstressed and I feel, you know, anxiety coming on or something like that, the ratchet part of me, the flesh part of me that I need to mortify, mortifying my ratchetness, I write those things down. I tackle them one by one and ask the Lord to help me tackle more. And then I throw the paper away when I'm done. It's just a little exercise, but we got to mortify so, our ratchets. So it's personal accountability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, it's always good to have a friend, a mentor, or just someone that you can let your hair down with, so to speak, to help you be accountable to those things too. And, um, and so to, to, to receive love in the midst of those breakdowns is what's important, you know, and understanding and compassion, but also, you know, to, you know, elevate someone to do better. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we have an issue with understanding that God loves people where they're at, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, that, they, that he also wants them to grow. And I think a lot of, a lot of people in the world, sinners, uh, and they don't they the the grace of God, you know, in the backslider, the grace of God is so strong. Well, I'm gonna love you where you at. And to me, it's almost the grace is so fulfilling in that regard, they don't feel like they have to change, you know, Ooh. unless someone is sent to, unless, so unless someone is sent to cause them to change, you know. And so these things are uh, I'm finding and I'm unlearning understanding as I deal with uh people of the world or who think they're Christians. Um every day and you know because grace has a bound so much or long suffering has a bound so much and they don't know the difference between long suffering and grace you know mm-hmm. and so that's a whole nother subject matter um but you know we need to conclude with this because this is really good and you can get this can get really extensive we might need to, have to do a part two <laughs> yeah we might we might have to do a part two and, and invite our brother pastor sam but um, this is Future Focus, folks. Um, check out the notes for scriptural references. Um, it's your boy Crown One. Uh, you can follow it's me. Boy, at, don't uh, you can follow me, Crown One SOG, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Crown One on Facebook. And um, new music coming soon. Yes, we're excited about the new music. This is uh, Don't Blink, also known as Pat Reggie Lewis. You can reach me at Pat Reggie Lewis, uh, gmail.com. Original D. Lewis on Facebook and Pastor Reggie Lewis on Instagram. Amen. It's future focus. We'll see y'all next time. All right.